This is JFM Podcast. Hello and a very good morning to you. Welcome to today's edition of Let's Talk on J101.9 FM. My name is Joseph Gilbert. Before we proceed on the show, we wish to appreciate your unflinching loyalty, first and foremost, for staying with J101.9 FM. And you do know we won't let you down, of course, in anything that has to do with information, entertainment, edutainment, call it whatever it is, as far as it has to do with radio you can always trust us to do justice to everything you so desire on the program let's talk we give you a daily dose of information you don't get anywhere else on radio on today's edition we will be looking at the many issues surrounding youth participation in politics especially now that the atmosphere is charging towards the 2023 elections so we would be looking to demystify the many myths surrounding youth participation in politics but before we do that, let me give you this tidbit. Of course, five of the victims of the Abuja Kaduna train attack have regained their freedom. Um, it's something you could feel is very difficult to describe. Because in the first place, it was wrong of them to have been kidnapped or abducted. They were law-abiding citizens who sought to go about their activities. They had normal day-to-day activities like any other citizen. But had to see that cut off for no just reason, for no just cause. But we thank God that they have been released. To God be the glory. Today is the third day in the month of August. And thank you for being with us. Kindly stay tuned. I have an insight to play for you. And when we return, the program will commence. Quite frankly, is not um, the experience I've been through in the last four months is not something I like even my enemy to go because um, I mean there was it, there was barely food. Um, I mean for the people to eat we were hungry for the last three, three and a half months. I mean we were quite surprised in the last two weeks we actually uh, I mean, they, they started bringing uh, food stock and we gave and we, we, we were actually okay in the last two weeks. But then for the first three and a half months, we were actually very, very, very hungry. And when I say very hungry, this is an understatement. You know, there were days that we go I and mean, just eating once. We ate once in on, on certain days. And, um, just imagine there are children that are barely one year, I mean, the child that is barely one year, ninety year, that's feeding once a day. Just do the math. Just do the math. I mean, when when you talk about medication, I literally was the, the medical doctor on camp. I was treating the captives as well as um, um, the bandits, or I would say Boko Haram, Boko Haram members. 
um, there wasn't medication, to be very frank with you. I think we had on, on the radio somebody was claiming that um, they would bring medication whenever it was needed. There, there wasn't any medication on camp. I mean, we could, we could go this. There was a day that a particular lady who had malaria. So, malaria, you could treat malaria with, 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 with 1,000 naira. But this lady literally was going into coma because there wasn't medication for her. I mean, there wasn't medication for Amelia. Uh, so the situation is really, really terrible. Really, really terrible. Any, any molestation between? Well, we, we, we I personally did not experience any molestation. But then some women on camp claimed that there were attempted molestations. But I personally did not, did not experience this. And this happened in the first one to two weeks after we were held captive. Yeah, your final advice to the federal government regarding the condition of the remaining captives? Well, I, I would like to call the government to do whatever is necessary to, to rescue these people because um, these people are, are in a very terrible situation. Very terrible. They are very hungry. Um, there is no medication. I mean, when, when The program is Let's Talk on J101.9 FM, and my name is Gilbert Joseph. Well, that was the voice of Dr. Mustafa Umar Imam, one of those released victims of the Abuja Kaduna train attack, narrating his ordeals, his experiences in the hands of the captives. And I was just speaking to myself after, you know, listening to his interview with journalists. And by the way, that sound there wasn't so clear. But this is hoping you got the crux of the message he was attempting to pass across. Is it that they are, in a way, trying to harness the potential of all of their victims, finding out what they are good at, and then trying to create a community in this victimhood or something? I just can't seem to understand what exactly has made them, or made them in that case, to designate him as the medical doctor of other captives there. That's quite pathetic. It's quite sad. This is hoping again that government does everything possible to ensure the other victims and many other victims across the northwest, in short, across all of the major parts of this country that citizens have been held captive. Well, that is that. Our country will get better someday. I have Mr. Yeshak Dafes in the studio with me. He's an educationist and we would be kickstarting the conversation in no distant time. Thank you for honoring our invitation, Mr. Daffes. It was on a very short notice, but you had to make it to the studio. Thank you, Gilbert. Thank you for this moment. Uh, I want to say good morning to our listeners. Hoping everyone is doing great this morning. Thank you so much once more. Let me start this way. What are some of the obstacles to youth participation in politics, especially as we gear up towards the 2023 general election? Uh, well, I think one of the basic issues that we have as youths is that uh, we have not been given the opportunity to participate in uh, youth uh, programs, especially in the political uh, system. You know, uh, this country is geared towards, I don't know, you know, we don't really have... Uh, a system that allows very young people to come in, into politics. 
And that has been one of the challenges we are facing. I think the basic thing is the, the, the undertone of the word there is, uh, is going to be a lack of opportunity. So basically, are you saying the Nigerian elites are being unfair to young people or it's actually young people who are not rising up to take the opportunity? Because of course, like you are making the case here, it appears the elites, the Nigerian elites in this case have been domineering and not giving opportunities to the young ones. I will say yes and I will say no. Uh, you see, uh, the... The system has been designed in such a way that youths will be shortchanged. You understand? Now, number one, you see, uh, youths... But it was not like this in the past. Yes, you would say so, but I think that uh, the political arrangement is very expensive. Very, very expensive. You could see, I mean, uh, just uh, the the recent primaries that we, we had, both APC, PDP, and other political parties, you could see the fee of their forms. You could see that the cost is way above what uh, youths today in the country can be able to say uh, they could put their hands to. So, is it not possible for young people to actually galvanize themselves, you know, and try to see how they could probably even channel their energy towards other smaller political parties, where if, for example, they think their ambitions can be realized? You see, Gilbert, truth be told, you understand. Uh, in Nigeria, we are almost practicing a two-party system. We are almost, I'm using that word, we are almost practicing a two-party system. And uh, people are not just being sincere to themselves. We know these things, but we are just trying to pretend like uh, they are not happening. You could see that we have two major political parties in this country. Recently, we are, we are having an emerging political party, that's the Labour Party. But uh, over time, it has been the domineering PDP and uh, the, the All Progressives Congress, that's the APC, that has been in the political space. And uh, you know uh, what it takes to participate in these uh, political parties. It's not really easy for you to have the chance to participate in these political parties because uh, uh, the, the, the constitution and then so many things that uh, are there that are, are being grey. Well, I don't know, but how can young people's inclusion bring about democratic values? For example, if young people are given this opportunity, if, if you take certain statistics from the young people that have had opportunities around the country to get on the helms of affairs in terms of leadership now, mm. have they been able to satisfy your benchmark or parameter in terms of judging performance and competence? Yeah. So far, so good. Uh, the youths that have participated in politics uh, have uh, have given in their best. I would want to use that word, uh, even though some of my friends would like to argue. I have a lot of friends that argue that uh, those that have been given uh, serious uh, opportunities, uh, people like the governor of Kogi State, who are youths, have not uh, really performed. But uh, if you look at his uh, second tenure, coming into this second tenure, you see that uh, there's a lot of changes. And I want to say that uh, if given the opportunity, youths are going to do well. You can look at what's happening in Kaduna State. You have youths who are participating in uh, politics in Kaduna State. Look at uh, uh, the person running uh, the Kaduna Invest, that's the CAD Invest. Uh, you see that it's a young person, and then you look at uh, the, the level of uh, uh, investment coming into Kaduna State. You know that uh, 
youths are, are, are doing well. Now, for, for, for say, uh, my own benchmark, I would want to say that uh, uh, youths have not really been given the chance and opportunity. In fact, if I would rate uh, on a scale of uh, 0 to 100, I would say that uh, so far so good youth participation in Nigeria in politics is, is uh, within the range of 30 to 40 percent, uh, which is not acceptable. In uh, developed nations where you, you, you go to other countries, you have people who are prime ministers at the age of 39, people who are presidents at the age of uh, 35 to 40. And uh, in Nigeria here, we are having a situation where uh, youths are not even given the opportunity to run for Senate, not to talk of uh, House of Reps. Uh, you see, uh, these are some of our challenges. The situation in Plateau, how would you rate the participation of youths in politics in the, on the Plateau? Because this is something I know you you can speak in particular about. Yeah. Uh, you see, uh, our own case in Plateau is, uh, I don't want to say uh, we have poor participation, but uh, we just have lack of interest. Uh, the youths are not really interested in politics because if you look at the level of participation, it is very disappointing. Uh, recently, we are having uh, the emergence of... Uh, very youthful uh, local government chairman, which is very, very important. I want to believe that we are waking up and uh, we're we are getting to it. Uh, you could see that uh, we have uh, uh, very young people running for the office of governor in Plateau. You have Luca Panpe, who is on the uh, PRP. Uh, you have Nenta uh, Yilwada, uh, APC. Does it fit your description of what a, who a youth is? Uh, you see, uh, the definition of who a youth is, actually, I really have a problem with that kind of definition because uh, it depends on what you think. And uh, the youths are, are, are saying that why will you have somebody at the age of uh, 45 participating in youth activities? Well, I would want to say for me, a youth should be somebody who is energetic. A youth should be somebody who is youthful at mind. A youth should be somebody who is uh, uh, out there to watch out for the interest of younger, uh, an imagined younger generation. So for me, that's what a youth is. So I think uh, to some extent, uh, that fits my category of youth. So you do agree that plateau youths are politically apathetic. There is the reluctance towards venturing into politics. The reluctance, anyway, I would say is uh, as a result of lack of funds. Our political system is very expensive, like I said earlier. Uh, you see, and it has to do with another thing I would want to say that causes this apathy is the fact that uh, youths are not really aware of how to even venture into politics. A lot of people are not aware of how to venture into politics. Uh, you see, uh, if you want to be uh, if you want to participate in a political party, you must first of all be a card carry member of a political party. And then secondly, you must make sure you participate from your ward level up until you get to the uh, national level. So these are uh, levels of participation that I don't really see youth uh, participating in. You would have a, a situation where we are going for ward congresses in a political party and youths are not participating. They are here in just busy arguing on social media. You understand me? So these are some of the issues we have. You and I are having this discussion in the year 2022. Mm. I bet you 
I'm not trying to prophesy, you know, something along uh, doomsday or something. Mm. But we could be here again after f- some four more years to speak about this. Looking at the fact that there's an opportunity now for the youth to have a say or to have their voices heard. Mm. Wh- why? Why is? Do you think there's anything along the area of improper education or I don't know how to say it or poor sensitization that keeps making us go round and round in circles like this? Yeah, it has to do with uh, sensitization. You see, uh, we have been told before that uh, if we participate in politics, uh, there's no need to participate in politics and all this. And uh, deliberately, we have uh, a generation of people who don't want youths to really take up the mantle of leadership in this country because uh, they are so used to the the national kick and they they feel they they don't want to leave uh, the scene for now. So uh, these people are really, really the ones challenging, becoming an impediment for youth participation in politics. Our people don't really understand. You, uh, you see, you cannot argue in a process that you are not part of. But recently, I think uh, we are having an emerging situation where youths are interested in participating. You could see the if you go to the registration centers, uh, the PVC that is for uh, uh, the voters card you see that uh, the number of youths there is alarming it means that uh, there's an awakening people are beginning to awake you know the situation in the country is be- is beginning to give everybody sleepless nights the insecurity uh, the closure of our schools you know and you could imagine that in a country that we are the government is shutting down the entire unity schools because of insecurity it shows you that the country is not really safe and then the youths are saying look we need to take back our country and that is why you see the level of participation increasing is vote buying going to be a challenge you're spoken about the awakening amongst the youth yes um i'll give you an example with the equity state you know off circle election mm. we saw youth brandishing monies they got from selling their votes do you fear that such an occurrence could hamper um, the development, the recent development in the area of, you know, the youth attempting to participate or go into politics fully? Now, you see, our problem in this country is trust. The youths do not trust the system. Our institutions are not strengthened. Our institutions look weak. And the youths feel that these institutions are weak. After all, if they go to elections, they feel that even if they vote or they don't vote, their votes don't count. Now, you need to assure these people that their votes are going to count. If you assure them that their votes are going to count, I want to assure you that vote buying will stop. Because uh, if somebody if somebody is selling his vote, he's selling his vote because he feels that even if he votes or not, his vote is not going to count. So he, he sells his vote and he goes to sleep. But in a situation where our institutions are strengthened, in a situation where we have faith in the system, just, uh, I, want to, I want to use this opportunity to congratulate INEC. Because if you, if you see uh, the equity election and uh, vis-a-vis the Oshun election, you see that there's an improvement and that day by day we are getting it right. I want to, I want to, I want to believe that by 2023, we are going to get our acts right. 
and if we get our acts right our votes are going to count and i want to assure you gilbert that our votes this time around vote buying is going to be on the minimal because everybody is is getting aware of what is happening in the country everybody is just tired of what is happening in this nation you have interacted with young people I mean, from your profession, being a teacher and educationist, yeah. what do you see in the aspect of building capacity for young people who probably would want to go into politics or leadership generally? Are we doing enough as, as youths, as young people, to prepare for leadership or for any positions that may arise and opportunities like that? Well, young people are, are really doing great. When it comes to building capacity, uh, I, I as a person, I was once a youth leader, uh, a, a student leader in school, in the SUG University of Jos, while I was in school. So I knew, I knew the level of involvement we had then, and uh, with my experience now in the in the education uh, line, I want to tell you that we are doing some deliberate efforts to ensure that people are aware. You could see that uh, we have now involved uh, civic education in our curriculum in the country. Uh, it, people look at civic education as uh, just a mere subject. You, you could just wake up from sleep and uh, you just go and write the exams and pass. It goes beyond that. When you're talking about the curriculum, you're talking about something you are trying to inculcate into uh, very young people. Now, this civic education, I want to believe, is going to do a lot because in the civic education, you see that uh, there, we have citizenship education. You are, you are educated about the constitution. You are, you are being told about political parties and all that. So you see, uh, we're, uh, the capacity building is, is, is a gradual process. And uh, I want to believe that this process is going to take us far. There is another debate in the area of youth being selfish. Every youth obviously wants the credit to go to them. Is there any chance that the youthful population can have a multi-sector and bipartisan alliances to promote the interests of the youth? For example, if there's a group of youth in the APC, for example, there's a group of youth in the PDP or PRP or ADC and mm. all that, can they be able to collapse the various interests of their political parties for the interests of the youth to be realized? Uh, I want to commend uh, Itodo for the Yaga initiative. That initiative is one of the driving forces behind the awakening of youth in the country, youth participation in politics. Uh, the Not Too Young to Run bill was uh, projected by that group. And I, I want to tell you that today you can see the result. Uh, the result is uh, uh, very positive. So you, we are we are we're on track. We're on track. One more myth, mm. Dafes. Yes. Do young people have a propensity for violence and extremism in elections? Violence. You see, everyone attaches violence to young people, but what is the cause of violence? You have a society where schools are shut down. Young people, energetic people, people who want to who want to use their energy to do something. You have them at home. We don't have uh, good skill acquisition centers in the country. The, 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 the government is nonchalant about the development of youth. Why won't you have violence? And uh, this violence we're talking about, is not, it's not only youths that are prone to violence. There are people who incite youths to violence. 
Do, uh, we don't really look at that age bracket, the age bracket of the people that incite violence. We only look at the people who perpetrate the violence. But the beginning, the origin of the violence should be addressed before you could say that youths are the uh, ones who are perpetrating violence. But the statistics give credence to this. When you look at the cases of violence, mostly, mostly, mm. I can bet to 90% from what I do know, mm with the statistics there is is the young people in fact i haven't even seen fully and that's why i'm giving a 10 percent possibility that other brackets in the age category could be involved in violence so 90 percent of electoral violence are being perpetrated by youth you see if you don't engage people positively you will definitely engage them negatively that is the issue young people are just being vulnerable they are being vulnerable. We are not talking about their vulnerability. We are just looking at their participation. We should look at their vulnerability. Why are they vulnerable in the first place? You have a country that does not care. And you think that we are going to sleep well in this country. You can't sleep well. If you, even if you look at the videos of the uh, uh, Kaduna abductors uh, and the abductees, you see that the abductors, those who are uh, carrying out the kidnappings, are very young people. They are between the age of 18 to about 30. True. So you could see what is causing that. And you, you will see that these people are not even educated. They don't care. They don't care and that is why they don't know the value of uh, uh, the people they, they kidnap. You could see that today we are, we are listening to the soundbite of uh, Dr. Umar, Umar Mustafa. U- Mustafa who was kidnapped. You could imagine if, if such a person was killed, Nigeria would have lost the brain. Look at the number of people who are trying to leave this country, trying to go away. We are having a lot of brain drain in this country. So if you don't engage people positively, you definitely engage them negatively. Do you buy the idea that, by the way, there's a global debate about lowering the voting age in order mm-hmm. to have more youthful more of the youth participating in politics. Are you of that opinion? Well, I'll beg to differ. I'll beg to differ because uh, putting people in office, you need people who are matured and people who understand their left from their right. People who understand the crux of the matter at the moment. So I would beg to differ that we need to lower the voter age. I think 18 is okay. 18 is okay. And uh, if we must do something about the age, let's say 16. But uh, we have to get a population that really understand uh, why and what we require at the moment. Well, those are the submissions of Dafes Yeshak, mm. a youth advocate and an educationist. The phone lines are open, so you could join the conversation. 090 090-55666699, 090-9884-8848, 090-55666699. Nine nine zero nine zero nine eight eight four eight eight four eight. Those are the phone numbers to call and join in deepening the conversation on youth participation in politics. Hello, good morning, and welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Uh, Let's talk. A very good, a very good morning to you. Thank you very much to the guest. He has spoken very, very well. I think he's uh, he's uh, representing the youth uh, uh, constituency. Uh, 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 for me, the youth have done their best to try to see that they participate in this electoral process. When these uh, 
total situation started. I particularly was in the INEC area, area, uh, area office. I saw the level of involvement. How you went there as early as 3 a.m. to see that they get registered and then pick up their PDC. But there is a systematic um, um, uh, approach or like a, a ploy by the political class to. To, to, to cut out the youth population from the electoral process in this country. But again, they forget that there's a change at hand. You see, people like the uh, social media influencers like David Doe, you see how he was able to transfer his influence on the social media and then campaign for his uncle in Oshun State. And that which led to the victory of his uncle. And then we have the likes of Banky W, who are also contesting for House of Rep. It shows that the youth are interested. But the old political class will never want to allow this space to come in. But this time around, I assure you, it's going to change. Thank you very much. You have a great morning. Thank you so much for calling. Hello, good morning. Hello, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you. Let's talk. Let's talk. Chukudi. Yes. Um, I want to agree with your guest. So many issues, you know, actually raised this morning and the questions you're asking. I want to first of all um, say something. In 2018, President Muhammad Buhari signed into law between not to run the, I think I'm, if I'm correct, about that particular date. Um, a lot of Nigerians are excited that, you know, setting that particular deal, you know, um, signed into law. But I was not, I was not excited. I'm indifferent on that particular issue, even up to now. My reasons are not far-fetched, and, and, and this is that is. If you are signing not to run, not 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 too not not too young to run deal, you should also consider signing not to reach to run deal because um it is like um even a person even a man is a good and then who is still holding on the rope. <laughs> they are asking the youth to come and participate. They are reducing the age of participation in politics. If you hide the amount of money that will be used in that politics. I think you're not doing this uh, any favor, and that's the reason why the political class will keep on dominating the electoral space. For example. If a man is going to be asked to pay 40 million naira on election, he's not even too sure of. How many youth can be able to afford that 40 million naira? If a youth is going to ask to pay 50 million naira to come and, and, and contest for a governorship election, how many youth, for example, is going to be able to provide that kind of money? 100 million naira, the ATC said they're going to, they, they sold, not even they said, they, they, they sold their uh, nomination form. My brother, how many young men from 35 years to 18 years can be able to afford 100 million naira to come and participate? That is the question we should be asking ourselves. It is not only for you to come and say you are signing the not not young to run deal. How much money can be can, can someone be able to match up to be to come and contest with this uh, uh, political uh, uh, heavyweight already in the contest? And if you also ask me again, I want to also agree uh, with the guests on certain issues. Keep concerning on the youth on, on politics. You see, the youth are not actually allowed by the circles of the, of the, of the uh, democratic uh, arrangement in this country. But the same youth. They have been always accused of causing problems, snatching boxes, and you know, uh, 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 causing confusion at the uh, election time and the children at the police unit. And I want to disagree with that. Your guest was right by saying that it is people that are actually inducting them into this, who instigating them into it. So if you actually want to stop this election, election violence, they should go against these people that are actually in the, in the, in the, the politics properly. It is no one they get at people, they know how poor they are, they know how vulnerable they are, they know how hungry they are, they dash them 10,000 10, naira and ask them to come and disrupt the electoral process. 
It is actually from this end. We should actually turn this particular grievances on them and tell them to stop using the youth. Thank you so much. They want to use the youth positively. Put them in education. They, they should make the education working. They should make infrastructure working. They should get the youth into meaningful development and they stop using them into electoral manipulative practices. Thank you That's for talking to us. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. Hello, welcome to the show. Got you late. Well, we're live on Facebook and Twitter. You could go to those socials and drop your comments. I'll do my very best to take them. But let me attempt to pick this call. Hello? Hello. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. Let's talk. What's your name and where you're calling us from? Please. My name is Alexander. I'm calling from Tijuana. We can hear you. Yeah. I what I want to contribute is that the island is just airport and do the best. I let you come out and work. That's it. All right. Thank you for talking to us, urging INEC to do their best and allow for them, for, for the youth to be able to have their decisions heard. Well, on Facebook, Richard Egbita says, Good morning, JFM. My simple opinion about the topic is that the youth should take their destiny into their hands come 2023 elections by voting leaders that have them in their manifestos. Okay. Dashi Alex Greg Danuk says, There is responsible. Okay, there are responsible God fearing youth out there. We will continue to advocate for more youth inclusion in Nigeria. All right. Um, Franklin Stein says, Good morning to you all in the studio. If jobs and education are improved and government spends more in these areas, it will help to reduce what the youths are doing for the politicians. All right, Kevin Louis then says, No one can generalize about the bad behavior of some little fraction of youth in Nigeria during elections. There are very competent people with young people, okay, with good ideas, antecedents, and manifesto that can do much better than those recycled old leaders that need to be retired and rested. All right. Ribet Shark Peter says, To be honest with you, young people are not given fair opportunities in Nigeria. As you can see, even an enabling environment to study is a problem. Good morning. Sixtus Hamnan says, Very, very unfair, and God will judge them because that's not how our forefathers, like Namdi Azikiwe, Awolo Award, did to them, especially someone like President Buhari. <laughs> All right. Isang Istifani says, My prayer is that let the obedience movement transform into elections. The youth should not be overwhelming. Okay, should not be overwhelmed with dollars at the end. Albert Akaya Dagza says, Yes, we do. In fact, the vigor and energy embedded in us, the younger ones, can not only propel us to violence and extremism during election, but effecting a change in the governance of our country, which we, we will come 2023 elections. We will unveil another dimension of our strength and youthfulness to choosing who decides the fate of our country. Quite a long comment, but interesting. Felkuka Factors Go On says, Good morning, JFM. Truly, the elite are unfair to young people, but I blame the youth because they can easily de- be deceived with worldly things. Sokia's Tongue says, Good morning, JFM lovers and peace-loving people of Plateau State and beyond. The youth are now very much wise because no youth will endanger his or her life for any politician. The youth are doing all they can to take power and move Nigeria in the best direction. 
Ayodele Agbabia says, the young people need an atmosphere that is conducive for them to serve because we have energetic, talented, and skillful young people. That is why all young people must come together and vote the right persons into 2023 elections. Love JFM. Thank you. Ten Gun Stephen says, Good morning, Plato. I disagree with your guess that anyone who is energetic and has the youth in mind is a youth. The man that is 60 or 70, the fact that he has energy and has the youth at heart does not make him a youth. Okay? <laughs> Kefas Dahit says, Good morning. From the data released by INEC of total registered votes, I still feel the game is almost over for LP. Let's just wait because the battle is between APC and PDP. My opinion, please. Mark Dachun says, Good morning, Gilbert. Please, I want to ask your guest, what about the Ayabe law of Kogi, Kogi State and the senator in Adama State that assaulted a woman in a shopping mall? <laughs> <laughs> the youth. Okay. <laughs> interesting. <laughs> quite interesting conversation. But yeah. let me go back to the phone lines before I turn to you. Yeah. That came out. Hello. Hello. Good morning. morning, my man. Good morning. Thank you for joining us. Let's talk. This is Pa this is George calling from George. Go ahead. We can hear you. Please, I just want to know these five people released. Can I know their names? Well, well, I don't have their names handy, but I'll do my best to give you before the program ends. All right, thank you very much. Yeah. Hello. 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 Good morning. Morning. Thank you very much. My name is Sajid Kumar. I'm calling from T and T Junction. We can hear you. Let's talk. Yes, actually, I will commend you for a good work and also commend your guest. You have spoken very, very well. Thank you. And actually, when we look at politics nowadays in Nigeria, it's something that is not have matter in the type of the youth. Because if you look at the performance of youth in the politics and governance, it's nothing to talk about. All the political parties that we have, it's just like we are having two uh, political party systems in Nigeria. Because most of the political parties, they are not being aware or they are not being recognized because of the gladiators are not in that party. But if the gladiators that are in this same party will become to one uh, other party, you will hear their voice all out. For example, I didn't think Peter Ovid did not uh, become to Labour Party. They will not hear any Labour Party. I didn't think Concorso do not go to NNPP. They will not hear anything from NNPP. And mark my word, later on, these two uh, other parties or any other uh, small parties, when the uh, election is over, they will just come back to the uh, uh, ruling party, which will not give us the opposition that will checkmate the performance of the government. And the youth now, because of the uh, lack of the education that this president administration has not given the youth, the youth might have not go uh, uh, have not been developed in proactive cities. It's just based on negative things that the youth are involving themselves. But I'm calling on the youth so that they should perform in this issue of election. But lastly, I am uh, uh, begging INEC. This issue of voter registration actually is faulty in nature. 
because of the way the kids have been. Now they have NDA registration. A lot of people have not registered. Those that have done their transfer online have not been captured. All this is what we have to check. Why will the island deprive the people their right to have the PVC? Thank you for talking to us, Sadiq. Thank you so much. Hello. Good morning. Your name and where you're calling us from? Oh. Didn't get you. 090 Let me attempt to pick some more calls before I turn to my guest. Hello. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. Yeah, the issue of youth. I'm still from Barkinabi, sorry. Good. Hello, the issue of youth, what I am concerned with the youth. Going into uh, politics or whichever where you are going to build a society is a process. Hello? Yes, we can hear you. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, uh, going into politics is a process. Then they should just start gradually. If they are, if they are power drunk, they will still come down as the same old politicians have been doing all around. So, and I pray that the youth should strengthen themselves, build their capacity. What I, why I, I insist, character is the best. It's not whether you are a youth or an old person. An old person can still do something. Thank you for talking to us this morning. So, we want to, I want to uh, pray that the political situation in this country will change if the youth really want to change it. So, we are trusting that Peter will be our next Thank you for talking to us. Thank you for talking to us. Thank you so much. Have a great day. 090 Hello. Good morning. Good morning. Yeah. Welcome to the show. Let's talk. Thank you. Good morning. My name is Ellis. I'm calling from Kushi. Thank you. Let's talk. Are you hearing me? Yes. Yes. We're with you. We can hear you. Go ahead. Okay, okay. This morning is very, very important because no nation, no society, no community can move forward without the value of their youth. And in Nigeria, especially since 2015, the present government destroyed the future of the youth in Nigeria. And it will take over, if not 50 years, for youth to get themselves back to what they are supposed to be. For instance, those in the university, what do you have to say of that? A nation that Boko Haram, who is wrecking great havoc on the citizenry, state Western education is a taboo. And you have the Minister for labor and productivity yeah not doing anything to get the students back to their classes at the university what do you expect i tell you something last night near my neighborhood or in my neighborhood some hoodlums came relatively at about 11 o'clock to steal a motorcycle and they were shooting all over. What do you expect in such a situation? An election is coming. They are busy and massive wealth, stealing 
the commonwealth of Nigeria. What do you expect they used to do? The youth that are not doing anything, the schools are not in session, how will they not be bought over by the greedy politicians? Thank you so much for talking My advice you. is let the youth stand their ground. Let them chop the politicians' money and vote their conscience. Thank you for talking to us this morning. Hello. Hello, good morning. Let's talk. I'm with you, Mr. Gibber. Good morning. Good morning, comrade. Let's talk. God bless you. Amen. A very Amen. good morning to a wonderful day there. You too. Uh, Gibber, whether you are hungry or they are enjoying whichever, the theory is made is if they tell us vigilance is a price to freedom. Price to freedom or liberty. So they should not mind the president they are passing through today because of the, the, the attitude of the elite. I just think for them, what most of benefit we had early 70s, 80s to 90s, they didn't get it. It's unfortunate. But the destiny is like in their hands. Look at what happened in Russia. When they do organizing, and they think, you know, I to like this something in Russia well. Not because it's important. You try to say, no, 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 we don't want that elite way of governance. Don't try this and that. They want it. They want how you to be remembered and put into the play. So I want the youth to please and please suffer so today and enjoy tomorrow. Thank Just you like so much, comrade. It's of it today and suffer so tomorrow. Thank you, comrade. Let and, and again. Yeah, how many you think that? As we're talking, I know there's a volatile all awareness in, in North Central. But in the other side, you feel like there's a level, a level of political parochial. They don't even know. Their own problem is the political, the, the, the sentiment of religion and tribe. Who's ever come on board? They don't care. But most of us are the ID camp. Most of us are hungry. Who's are the boy? Those who have been perpetually. Put you into poverty country. You want to because of what is attainment of that. We should realize up. Come on, God bless you, Gibbard. Thank you so much, comrades. There's a price to freedom, he said there. And I think that's quite interesting. Hello. Good morning. Hello, that is Radio Mama. I don't know. Good morning, Mama. Let's talk. Let's talk. Let me tell you something. I don't believe that you are involved in vote buying or surgery because of poverty. It's, or because their votes will not receive their votes won't count. It's because of moral bankruptcy and self esteem. These are the reasons. I need that help in uh, in the coming this uh, vote buying. By you know that voting could let them position position in such a way that anybody who is voting cannot show or display whom he is voting for. Once we continue doing that, and the people who are buying the votes discover that there is no way they can know who the person has voted for, vote buying will be curbed. Then cameras, they should not allow anybody to use the cameras into the polling booth. Then now, what I want to say is that if you have a, I mean, a, I mean, a, if they have a unity of purpose, they can go into crowdfunding to back up any of the other youth. Any of the other smaller parties, it doesn't necessarily have to be a two dominant parties. But uh, ironically, they don't. The other uh, uh, other parties, I'll call them. You know, they they they, they choose youth, 
and whatever you do, don't do for them. You know, so what are we talking about? There is not too young to run deals that all of them are clapping their hands. What are you clapping your hands for? That's true, not too young to run is for the the children of the elite and the political class. Go and check what is happening now. Some of them are selling children, their children because they have the money to pay for them. That you have to eat for their clapping. Instead of you to go and work on strategies on how to dislodge that kind of uh, uh, thought. You know, by having the unit of purpose and then do crowdfunding and support all of them. But they, they, they succeed in dividing you to along ethnic, uh, religious, and uh, party affiliation or whatever. That is a problem. But I know you forget about it. Let's not give up on the youth. Let's not give up on Nigeria. Thank you so right, much. Thank That's you my so much. This Thank you so much. Very valid and strong points there, uh, Mr. EFS. Because. She spoke about the secrets, the secrecy and sacredness of the ballot box. Mm. You know, a lot of complaints have you know emerged recently that that is so exposed, and virtually people could see who voters go to the cubicle to cast their vote for, and this is one of the issues. But after this call, I'll return to you, and then you respond to some of these issues. Yes, good morning. Uh, hello. Good morning. Uh, morning. This is from the Your name again. Yes, go ahead in one minute, please. Yes, I think for you to succeed in the political realm as a young man, first of all, you need to empower yourself, love yourself, build yourself, gather more momentum. Because politics is a game, so you need to learn the rudiment of politics. And as a young man, or youth, you should not allow yourself to be used by some selfish or greedy politician. Just like the coming 2023 election, look at how the, way the political environment is overheated. To the youth, I'm advising that you should, they should never allow themselves to be used by the selfish politicians. So they should play the game according to its rules so that things are going to be going well for us as a young people. The issue of religion and the, the, the agony and trauma, I think that is not the good politics. Politics is a game that embraces everybody in the sake of where you come from. But looking at what is happening now, I think that you should sit down and think because the future belongs to us. That's my contribution. Thank you so much for talking to us. Well, let me return to you, sir. You have heard all of these submissions mm. and very valid points there. Some spoke about character, yeah. you know, giving examples with Senator Ishaya Abu, mm. Governor Yayabelo, which you earlier spoke about yeah. moral bankruptcy, you know, and all of these issues. Can you respond to this, please? All right. Uh, you see, when you're talking about a complete uh, demographic uh, population you you could not if you make some expressions you might seem to be stereotyping you understand me yeah. you you cannot just say because some youths have underperformed then it means that the entire youth you can't use that as a parameter to judge the entire youth population that's what I'm trying to put across so the issue of Elisha Abu and uh, uh, Bello, I would want to say that uh, Elisha Abu was wrong to have assaulted the lady. I watched the video myself. Uh, that was very wrong. It was uh, excessive use of uh, political power, which is not supposed to be. And uh, later on, he came online to apologize. He apologized for his behavior. And uh, I think he faced the consequences because the Senate summoned him to go and... Uh, so sure. you could see that uh, for that level, there's some level of check and balance. And then the issue of uh, Yaha Bello. Yaha Bello, the governor of Kogi State, I don't know uh, what uh, the problem is, but I will tell you that uh, coming for this uh, second term, 
he has made very strong uh, indications that uh, he wants to remain uh, relevant in politics. So uh, that is that. And then, what's your take on INEX, you know, proceedings? Let me use the word proceedings here, so now, far. Now, let me tell you something, Gilbert. Yes. You see our problem in Nigeria. In Nigeria, we, they say if you want to hide something from a Nigerian, put it in a book. <laughs> you will hide it from him. He will not read it. That's our problem. A lot of young people don't even know the Electoral Act. A lot of young people don't even read the constitution of this country. They don't even know the law. You understand me? There are a lot of things in the law that checkmates all these happenings in political processes. Take, for example, now, there's a limit for financial uh, spending in a political party. But a lot of people don't know. There's a limit. And we don't call these things to question because we don't even go through our, our electoral system. We don't even know the electoral act. We don't even know the electoral law. Recently, the, elect the electoral act was amended and it was signed by the president. A lot of people don't even know. In fact, people didn't even know that we used Beaver's machine during the last election in Plateau State. Uh, that is the rerun elections. So these are some of the challenges we have with young people. We need to go back to these things. We need to go back to these documents. We need to study these documents. If you go to the electoral, uh, uh, if you go to the polling unit, you know that nobody is supposed to approach the presiding officer except the agent. You know that nobody is supposed to carry any electronic device to the uh, uh, electoral uh, uh, area. All these things are clearly spelled out in the, the Electoral Act. So if the people are aware of these laws, the people will be able to raise concerns when they go for elections. When they go to vote, they can raise their concerns there. Thank you very much, Mr. Dasha Kiefas, an educationist and, of course, an activist for speaking to us on this myriad of issues in trying to deepen the conversation as we approach the 2023 general election. Mm. It has been an interesting conversation here in the studio and we hope that you have been duly informed and educated to make the right decisions going into 2023. My name is Gilbert Joseph. I was here with you on the show. Keep your dials locked here for the news at 10 and all of our programming. Thank you. Podcast.